You are now listening to an Average Joe Media production. I guess I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy, baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Welcome to another episode of the Baby Daddy Chronicles. It is I. It is he. It is your future favorite baby daddy. And today, I have the creator. I came from this man's nutsack, y'all. This man's nutsack. I wouldn't be here today. Whatever. Get to the point. If it wasn't for my pops, my pops, how you doing today? We're doing all right. How about yourself? Hey, man, I'm here, you know, just, you know, working, grinding. And let's keep it that way. Yeah, you know, working and grinding, grinding and working, you know, something slight. How's uh, how's your mental health? Uh, last time I checked, it was okay. Yeah, man, you know, I'm just saying you got to check because, you know, you you won't be saying a whole lot. You could be struggling in silence, you know. Nah, bro, don't do that. <laughs> When I struggle, I'll just go on and pray, mm. work it all out. Okay, I feel you. But that ain't for everybody. It ain't for you know everybody. I, mean? I feel you. I'm, I'm good, you know, working and grinding, grinding and working. You said that. Yeah, <laughs> a little tired, but you know. It, it, like, That's what happens when you grinding and working, working and grinding. You're what, tired. What's your youngest say? Real G's moving silence? <laughs> hey. You know, what can I say? Um, Today, right, I want to talk to you about a topic. Uh, the topic is going to be. Does it take a village to raise a family? Okay. And I wanted to ask you, does it take a village? In this day and time, I think it does. I mean, because one, I think it takes a village just because there are times when you need a break. Mm -hmm. And so you need those individuals who can watch your kids or kid um, for maybe a day or two or maybe a weekend so that you can just get away. And I think that is also uh, extremely important. And so, I, you know, it takes a village just in, even at the school, you need those teachers to provide you with the insight on if your child needs some assistance, needs some help, child's getting in trouble. Um, and so working collaboratively with the teacher because the bottom line is you're trying to get your, your child that education that's needed so that they can be a success in society. And and don't get me wrong, sometimes people think success equals money. And, yes, we need money to survive, but it doesn't always mean to be successful that you have to be a millionaire. If you're out, you're supporting your family, you're taking care of them, that's a success. Um, you said in this day and age. So in what day and age did it not take a village? 
in all day and ages. Okay, yeah, so I was confused. I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> I'm just talking about right now. Mm-hmm. It definitely, definitely takes a village. So define what a village is. A village would be anyone that is willing to help you and assist you in helping you with your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be, like I said before, the babysitter. It could be the elementary, middle school, high school teacher. It could be the individuals at your church. Um, it could be any number of people. Uh, <laughs> I can remember one time when, um, and this was back in the day, before they had cell phones and all that type stuff. And I was, um, I used to sing on the high school gospel choir. And you used to sing? Because you're not a singer. Oh, I am a singer. I just don't sing publicly. Nah, 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 nah. You you be singing in the house and you nah, that don't be sounding sharp, bro. <laughs> let, let me help you out, bro. That's just uh, practice. Practice, huh? But, you know, when it's game time. When it's game time, huh? Brother can croon. See what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Anyway, let me get back to my story. So anyway, we were singing at our church and where I lived in our church was like a five minute walk. Right. Mm -hmm. And somehow I got mixed up in regards to the type of shirt I was supposed to wear. I thought I was supposed to wear the red shirt because we had different color shirts. Mm -hmm. I thought I was supposed to wear the red shirt, but it was the blue shirt day. And so I get to the church. I'm ready to do what I need to do. And then I get there, and I'm the only person with a red shirt on. Mm. And it's too late to go back because we're about to start. So before I get home, my aunt went up into the pastor's study and called my mom to let her know I was out of uniform. When I get home, my mom is saying, how come you the only one that had a red shirt on? And I'm like, hold up. How you know? <laughs> you weren't even there. <laughs> oh, I found out. And remember, this is not, I mean, this ain't like she can pull it up on her cell phone mm-hmm. and talk. She had to go up into the pastor's study, use the pastor's phone to call my mom to let her know. Now, remember, I said it was only a five-minute walk. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the event was over, she immediately went up there and called. I'm like, you know, that's messed up. But you know what? From then on, I made sure what the color was. <laughs> I didn't make that mistake again because, you know, those aunts, they be telling on you, Jack. Nope. Who you telling? Big time. Big time. <laughs> so when y'all had us, who would you say your village was? Oh, we had... Let me see. Well, Miss Mary, when we lived in Willingboro, mm-hmm. it was uh, the Bryants because they would watch y'all periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, when we got to Sickleville, it didn't make any difference because y'all was old enough. Um, but that is a good question because I think when we were before we got to Willingboro, I don't even, oh, I don't even, I think the the village would have probably been I don't our even relatives. Re- I don't remember. I only remember from Willingboro on. I don't remember anything before Willingboro. Yeah, well, I mean, we lived in Ben Salem, um, Ewing. Then we went back to uh, Middle Township, and after Middle Township, then we moved to Willingboro. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember none of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were, you know, we were living in apartments then. Mm-hmm. 
and finally we were able and and you know that's another thing i mean we were able to secure the house because um my mom you know we weren't making a ton of money so my mom was able to say well i'll put my name on your on your mortgage and so because of that we were able to secure our first house really i didn't know that Mm -hmm. so was her name always on the mortgage until y'all sold it um I, it must have been. I didn't. This is news. I didn't, I, didn't, didn't, I did not know this. We didn't refinance or anything. And we were in Willingboro for seven years. Yeah. So I think, yeah, she had, when we when we moved to Sicklerville, I think she had to sign also. So she was on the Sicklerville lease too? No. Okay. But by then, we was making decent money. So you know, I, this is, I did not know this. That's, yeah, that's, I think that's the case. I'm pretty sure it was. If it wasn't she was on the lease, then that means she gave us a down payment. It was mm. one of those two. Mm. You know mom would know because, yeah, you know, yeah. she, <laughs> when it comes to money, she, oh, whatever. <laughs> so from what I remember, here's what I would say I would think y'all village was. Um, in Willingboro, it was um, definitely our relatives until they moved. Um, which I think they moved kind of early though. Who? Uh, Uncle Marshall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were they were right around the corner mm-hmm. in Willingboro, and then they ended up moving to the Atlanta area. Um, definitely uh the Bryants. Yeah. In Willingboro, mm-hmm. and I would also say our next door neighbors, the Jacksons. Yeah. Oh, and then also the Gunnings, because there were times yes. when they would watch you as mm-hmm. well. And then when we got to Sicklerville. By the time you got to Sickerville, y'all were in middle school and But it wasn't necessarily so much when we got to Sickerville, our village became more church based. Because the Daniels would watch us from time to time. Yeah. Uh Brother Shahid would make sure if we like if let's say like um me, Manny and me and Manny had like an Usher event, like he would make sure oh, we yeah. were straight. Yep. And like while y'all would leave. So and I yeah. think it became more the village became more of like church family when we got to like Sickleville because we had got older. Yeah. And, and then those individuals would try to provide you with insights on how to become better people. And, and that's why I think it's, and I, I think as a society and as, especially as African Americans, we have kind of gotten away from the church. Mm-hmm. And I think the church provides you because at our particular church, those individuals were individuals that were talking to you about how to become a man, mm-hmm. how to grow up. Um, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And you need that because parents can't be everywhere all the time. And, you know, those were strong men, still are strong men. And those were individuals that you guys looked up to, not just the males, but also the females there. And so I think that is another part of the village that I think that we have, um, that has kind of disappeared because mm-hmm. a lot of our people now do not go to church for whatever the reason. And I think that is an aspect of the village that individuals are losing out on because I knew that um, those individuals at the church we're talking to you just like we were talking. Mm-hmm. And then I call it the mommy theory. You know, after a while, your parents can tell you stuff and you ignore it. Yeah. Because you, it's like, cause you yeah. hear it all the time. It's kind of like when, it's kind of like how, you know, when you equate it to sports, when like 
a team's run its course with a coach, they just tune them out. Yep. And so it's like you need a new voice or, right. you know what I'm saying? I, and, I get it. And those were the new voices. Those were the voices where you didn't, you weren't with them all the time, but they were basically telling you the same things that we were telling you. And so I think sometimes as parents, that's why that village is so important because you need those other voices that can basically say the same thing because, because parents are around children all the time, you know, after a while, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's a tune out. It goes in one ear and out the other. So you need those other voices that can reinforce what you're saying to help your child understand that, hey, this is what you need to be doing. You need to be doing this, not this. You need to be hanging out with these people, not these people. Because, um, you know, I tell my students, even in college, I tell my students, tell, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. You know, who are you hanging with? Are you hanging with people that are bringing you down? Or are you hanging with people that are always challenging you to move to higher heights? And so basically because those individuals you hang with, they're going to kind of determine, you know, are you going to be reaching for the stars or are you just going to be satisfied with where you are? Mm-hmm. You know, I had this conversation with an individual just this past week and, you know, he went from the Dean's list at, and he wasn't at UCF. He was at another institution. He went from the Dean's list to being academically dismissed Mm. And so I said, well, bro, who were your friends? And then he started thinking, he's like, yeah, you know, we would go out, we would hang out, we would party, we would drink, we would do all that stuff. I'm like, well, there you go. That's a big drop. That's a huge drop. That's a huge drop. I'm saying, well, bro, I'm not saying you got to get rid of them because, you know, sometimes you can still hang with your friends. You got to set boundaries. Right. But you got to set boundaries and you got to be disciplined because if you were a Dean's List student for a whole year, and you went from that to being academically dismissed, that means it's inside of you. You just got to make up your mind that you're going to get it done and do it. Mm-hmm. And that takes discipline. It takes grit. It takes saying no. Like, And I'm, I'm a person of balance because I see students who study, 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 study all the time. And I'll be like, listen, you study, but for at least one day or maybe two days, you just got to chill, you mm-hmm. know, Whatever that chilling is, is it video games? Is it going to the club? Is it partying? You do that, but, you know, you can't just study, 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 study all day. But then you also got on the opposite where people are party, 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 partying all day, and studying takes a back seat. Mm-hmm. So there's got to be a balance there in your life so that you can maintain as you started out with mental, with good mental health. I definitely agree with the whole, the now you brought it up the church aspect, because I know, like, the Scarboroughs would keep me in check. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, uh, it was like one time um, I wasn't doing well in school and mom sat me down with Pastor Richardson. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I had forgotten about that. Yeah. I, I remember that vividly. And me and Pastor Richardson had like a talk for like, it was like an hour. And I'm just sitting there going like, I'm really talking to the pastor. Yeah. And the, and the fact that you got an hour says a, a lot. lot about our family. Mm-hmm. That bro be busy. Busy. <laughs> I don't even sometimes, when I was, and I was, you know, in leadership at the church, I didn't even get an mm-hmm. hour with him. But, you know, I think that piece of it is missing where other voices can come in and help your children to understand and maybe get them on the right track. And also hold them accountable. Because we knew in church, like, if I think it was also because we were 
heavily involved in the church. Yeah. Because you could go to church and some people say like blah blah blah, but we know we couldn't really act up in church because we act up in church. Right. The moment it happens, y'all finding out. Right. I'm just like that. It just happened a second ago, and everybody knew you. Like we had eyes everywhere. And you know, I and just so people know, our church wasn't small. It I was. Mean, we had we were we were at four thousand, but everybody knew them. Oh, those are the Jackson boys because, you know, we were involved mm-hmm. in leadership and we had high level positions within the church, uh, volunteer positions, not paid positions. <laughs> Let me emphasize that, okay? <laughs> Brother wasn't getting paid at all. But, you know, it was something that we loved doing and, and wanted to do. And and so that aspect of the village, I think, has been missing because people don't see, you know, people will say, oh, you know, the 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 people in the church are hypocrites and so on and so forth. Well, hey, listen, we all human. We all make mistakes. And the Bible says we all sinners. So it's that piece of it there that I think we're missing so that other voices can help them. Now, if you find that outside of the church and you've got people that you know you can trust and depend on, but I just think that is a piece that has been that is being missed from our particular people. Yeah, because I, I talk to more people from the church than I do from high school now. Yeah. Like, I the people from the church, like, I talk to them, like, at least a couple times a week. People from high school, outside of maybe, like, one or two, I'll talk to them maybe a couple times yeah. a year. Yeah. And, 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 and there you go. That's another aspect of the village. Now you've built friendships that have lasted basically a lifetime and as you get older like hey we keep each other accountable like hey you struggling with this i got you i'm gonna check up on you once a week so i get it exactly and so that's another piece of it you know that that village piece and i tell the students you know the individuals that you are sitting next to hey they could be the ones that help you find a job in the future Mm -hmm. so that's why you want to become friends with them you want to network with them you want to get to know them and you want to stay in contact with them because you just never know um, you know, what, what's going to happen? I mean, even with me, I'm probably not as close to as many individuals I went to school with. I mean, now I probably, most of them, I know, I just are, are contacting them on Facebook, but you know, I've been out of school now for 40 years, but there's still a group of people that we still stay in contact with each other. Hey, how are things going? So on and so forth. And some of them are like huge. I'm thinking about one of my friends. Um, he's like, um, I mean, I'm reading his articles on MSNBC, mm. big time. He writes for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I think the name of it. And so, but, you know, we stay in contact with each other. Forty years later, mm. we're still contacting each other and seeing how things are going and so on and so forth. So, I do agree it takes a village, but I feel like in this generation, as much as we need it more, it's become less and less. Like, the neighborhoods aren't tight-knit. Like, even though in Sickleville we were older you knew, like, if something were to happen, we had uh, we had the Torellas, we had the Wilsons, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we had the Grays up the street. Like, we had we had Eric's mom. Like, we had a community. But I feel like now, in this generation, there's not that community. Well, I don't know if that is the case because, you know, we've been d- down here in Florida for 15 years, and Florida is different. And I think maybe it's because it's hot all the time, and so mm. people don't spend a lot of time outside especially during the day Mm -hmm. because in the summertime it's 90 plus like six or seven months 
But, um, you know, in Jersey, that might still be the case. I'm not sure. But, yes, you're right. Back when we lived in Jersey, you know, people were outside. They were playing. You got to know your neighbors. You got to talk to them. You would go to their houses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas here in Florida, you know, you go in the house, and basically because it's so hot, you stay in the house. You might come out of the house later in the evening, but there aren't that many people out on the streets. And it's also like, so I know, like, back in in y'all day, Y'all will go, like, let's say, like, let's say, like, grandpa and grandma had to work. Your mom will give you specific instructions. Sit there, go home, lock the door, don't come out, have the neighbors check on you. Nowadays, they're not leaving kids home. And I think it's part of because, like, these, I think back in the day, we, the, y'all were more, um, not fearful of your parents, but y'all had, you was it wasn't a whole bunch of technology. You wasn't as curious. So your mom tell you to do something, damn, bam, bam, you do it. Now these kids want to be like, I just want to go outside. But you, but they told you not to go outside. And now, because I guess nowadays, like even though in the past people would kidnap kids, but it's more prevalent now than I guess it was. Yeah, there's there's so much stuff out there now that you got to be careful, very careful, because you got you know traffickers. And Orlando was a big place for mm-hmm. human trafficking. I mean, a huge place. And so you just got to be more careful and, and you just got to be even more trusting um, or just keeping an eye on individuals that are around your kids because you just don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so that's a piece of that village that you just got to keep an eye on. When you're So when you first have a kid, right, how important is it to establish that village because i think as you get older the village is still important but it comes less and less as it is like when the kid is first born because the kid when the kid is first born i'll say it from like one up until about like three or four is when i would say you need you you would need the village the most well the bonding part is important and i think also um and it's more difficult today um, because of the economy and you, mm. know, you have your child and then the mom's got to go back to work. I think we were fortunate in that. I think when Emmanuel was born, um, your mom stayed home for about five years. Yeah. I, I remember that cause she yeah. was home for, for a little minute. Yeah, she was home for about five years. And so if you can do that, great, but I understand it's tough. I, I mean, inflation's killing you. I mean, gas prices are killing you. Food prices are killing you. And so now, it, but <clears throat> even when you have to go back to work, the downside to that, <clears throat> excuse me, the downside to that is that, you know, going to a babysitter now, that's going to kill you. So it was almost like you might as well just stay at home because you're going to work only to pay the babysitter and all that other stuff. And so, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, you're right that those first three years are important years. So if, if the mama can stay home, great. If they can't, then you're going to need to make sure that you're spending as much time as possible with them. And that's difficult, you know, cause you working that nine to five and then you come home, somebody has got to cook the food and by then you just dead tired. And cause what I also think is killing this generation as to why there's less and less villages to help raise kids is because we're having kids at a younger age. So these grandparents, like for example, if I have a kid, 
by the time I have a kid, you you already y'all y'all already y'all y'all already in your sixties. We haven't like people becoming moms at fifteen. So by the time like they kids have kids, they only like 30, 40. They like I'm done raising. I don't want to raise no more kids. I want to live my life. And it's just like they having kids so yeah so early. Kids young. Well, that's because we're we're living in a sexualized um, environment. I mean, everything you look at, just about every movie's got some sex scenes in it. I mean, even commercials. And so, you know, that is causing people to become more active more quickly, not even talking about, you know, porn and all that other stuff that's out there. And so, and that's what you're seeing. You're seeing younger people becoming um, more actively involved. But, you know, like I tell people sometimes, even though it's hard, you can't get pregnant if you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying I know it's hard I mean you know we live out here in society I know it's hard I know it's difficult but hey that's one way you ain't got to worry about being pregnant like I had a thought and I just lost it but um but yeah like y'all told us like y'all established us at a very early age we ain't raising no more kids so no. like you know what I'm saying like and I think that'd be part of the issue is that I feel like with some of these with some of these parents, they're they're help they're help to force raise their grandchild because they're still because their child is so young they don't understand. But y'all told us early, hey, listen, it's I'm, on you, bro. It's on you. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, listen, I'm, <laughs> you know what? You know that old saying: if you can do the crime, you can, you can do, do the, the time. time. And the time is 18 plus. <laughs> Have at it, bro. <laughs> and I think that's why, like, I think that contributed to a part of the reason why, like, none of us have kids. Because I'd be looking out, it's like, yeah, no, nah, like, I don't. And I'd just be seeing my friends, and I'd be like, that's that's a lot right now. That's a whole lot. No bad boys is expensive. Those divers are expensive. That infamil is expensive. And then you got to be buying clothes. And then, you know, if, if the baby mama is all into designer stuff. Now you buying $60 Nikes that only going to last for six months because the child is growing. What? I don't think so. Yeah, it's wild. Like, it's just like, it's, 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 I just be looking, I just be like, I don't know how, I don't know we can ever get back to grandparents are becoming younger and younger to where like, and like, they're still trying to learn. So it was like, you're, you're, by the time they, by the time they learn the wisdom, the, the kids are already grown at this point. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the, that's the society that we're in right now. And so, you know, it's, I just say, Hey, listen, you know, I, I try to read my words so I can become wise and, um, looking at it from that standpoint. Cause for some of my friends who I see, they be like, I won't say like they're most, they're the most successful, but they have the most, if, when it comes to the most help, when it comes to the villages, their parents are retired. So they could be like, you know what, while you work, I'll wash the kids so you yeah. don't have to go to daycare. Right. But if my child's 14 and she's pregnant and, and, and she, and well, my child's 15 and she got a kid, I can't afford to wash the kid because no. I got to work myself. Yeah, you got to work. So, you know, you got to figure it out. And then it's like, then they just get behind the eight ball because nine times out of 10, the, the, the mom don't have money to put the child in daycare. So then you got to shell out extra money to put the child in daycare. And it's like, that's your, yeah. it's not your child, but it's your child all over again. Right. And it's a, it's a cycle that mm-hmm. prevents individuals from being successful economically because I mean, more than likely it probably wasn't planned. 
And so thus now you've got these extra bills added on to the bills you already got. Mm -hmm. And it's just a cycle that keeps us economically downward. I mean, you know, kids are expensive. Expensive. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how we survived with y'all. But, you know, we did. And I I guess that's the thing. You know, you do what you got to do. I mean, I can remember when mom wasn't working and... I was doing three jobs, you know, like they got the, the, um, what's those things they got where people go and, and buy groceries for like Instacart. Well, Instacart. What's the other Shipped. one? Yep. All of them. I did that back in the nineties. That was one of my jobs. Mm. I would go and I would, now I wish I could have, uh, had some money and, and going and, um, franchising (laughs) we'd be living large right now oh my god but i did that Mm -hmm. you know i put my little signs up in the stores and say hey if you need someone to um buy your groceries for you and i had a few clients you know i only charge them like ten dollars i go buy their groceries for them bring them home you know hey ten dollars well back then the value of a dollar was different so Oh yeah, I mean back then gas was like a dollar and something. Yeah, so ten dollars can yeah, because ten dollars now ain't ain't getting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I tell people now. I I remember when my mom used to complain because gas was thirty five cents a gallon. I wish. Don't we all? <laughs> I take a dollar. Oh, I take a dollar fifty. Like. Oh my! I gosh. wish thirty five cents a and gallon. She was complaining because it was too high. Mm. She'd be rolling over her grave if she saw these gas prices now. She was rolling. <laughs> She'd be doing somersaults. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, but then again, they made less. Mm-hmm. You know, like the house I grew up in, I think my parents paid 34000 <laughs> It was a three-bedroom, one-bath house. It was a rancher. 34000 They paid it off. And, you know, I don't know, a few years, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know what it was, but they paid it off. But, you know. And nowadays, that same house probably going for like 350000 I don't know if it go for that much. Probably two something. That's wild. Yeah. That is wild. 34250 That That is wild. Hey, man. Mm. That, mm. But then again, I don't think she ever made more than 30000 Mm. So, I mean, you know, you look at one and you look at the other, they kind of offset each other. Now, now we're making more, but shoot, we spending more. Yeah, it costs more. So it's like. I mean, now you got apartments running like two grand. Yeah, like apartments be is more than mortgages. That's why save your money, get a house. I never understood that. How like. I can. I can pay. Two grand a month, essentially, for an apartment. And then you're telling me I don't make enough to pay for a mortgage. Well, because the biggest thing is your down payment. You know, they want you to bring at least 10% or 5%. And so that's why I said save your money, buy a house. Because mortgage rates right now supply and demand. And what you're seeing right now in the Florida area, you know, for those that are maybe outside of Florida, we live in Florida, but what you're seeing in the Florida area is that individuals from outside of the state are moving in and they can afford to pay. it. So if they can afford to pay it, guess what? Those apartments are saying, all right, 2000, 
and they paint it with no problem. And so, plus with your house, you just get, you know, you get equity in the home. And then, you know, as, as your home equity rises, then you can sell the house, make a profit, and put that profit down. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> put that profit down for either another house or into investments. And so that's why if you can, because we, we just talked about economics and it's, and it's difficult out here. But if you can, you want to start putting money off to the side, putting money off to the side, trying to invest money so that you can eventually buy a home because it, it's economically is just worth it. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to raise a kid in a house than it is in an apartment. Yes. You're not as cramped. You're not as cramped. And, you know, and don't start out. And some people want the big homes. You know, that's one of the things that we didn't do. We started out with a rancher home. We had three, similar to what I grew up in. We had three bedrooms, one and a half baths. And then we got some equity in that house. And then we used that equity to buy our next house. And so, and then we sold our house up North and we had equity in that home. And then we bought this house down in Florida. Even I think the house up North was better than this house. Oh, the house up North was way better. Yeah. Um, it was bigger. Cause you you had um, you had uh, a basement. A basement. You had a, we had a pantry in we had a pantry in the basement, a full shower in the basement. Yeah, I mean you could actually someone could actually live down there. Mm-hmm. If I was thinking, I probably would just maybe rented it out to a college student and say, "Hey, listen, that's your place." Because <laughs> I mean, you you got a shower, you got the pantry. Yep, you got everything. You just don't have the place where you can cook. But yeah, I mean, I love that house, but. You know, my goal, and that's why I think it's important to have goals. My goal was to become a director in higher ed. Mm-hmm. And I probably wasn't going to get it where I was. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I ended up here in Orlando because I was given that opportunity. But yeah, I really didn't want to sell our house. Yeah, I, I love that, I house, that house. I was like, ah. I know. I like this house, but it's not like this. No, this, house, this house ain't like that. <laughs> it's not. Everybody be like. That house was the bomb. Clients come here and they be like, you got nice houses. You should have sold the house in Jersey. Because, oh, man, oh, my gosh. gosh. Yeah. Sometimes I even go back and look at it. Me, too. Whenever <laughs> I go home, I just be like, oh, if I ever live back in Jersey, I want to buy that house. Well, somebody's got to sell it first. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, if, if, I, if I become wealthy like I want to be, I just be like, hey, how much is it? I'll give you double. You, you got to move on 30 days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, that that is the, the aspect of you want to be able to provide for your kids. And so that means you got to hustle. You know, I was, I was working full time, going to school to get a master's. Um, and so, you know, that education, and let me repeat that again, that education is important. Now, I'm not sitting there saying that if you don't have it, you can't make it happen because you can, but that education can help you get to a point where you can provide for your family. And that's what everybody wants to do. Mm-hmm. And, but it's hard. I mean, it took me five years because I was going part time. So I was working full time. And for five years, I was taking classes spring summer fall semesters so that means no vacations none of that because i'm taking classes but you know you do what you got to do and i've seen people a lot of my friends now have gone on and become they went on and got doctorates and now they're like big time i would have but i was getting close to retirement so you know and a doctorate wasn't that important to me Mm -hmm. 
you know, what was important to me was, you know, taking y'all to your basketball games, going to your games, hanging out with y'all. Those are the types of things that were important to me. And so, you know, you decide what's important. And before I get back to Village, not that that will close, I want to stress education because education can mean many things. People think education means school. You go to a trade school yeah. and get education and still make and right. still make a lot, a lot of money. I was just telling a group of high school students. And, you know, when I say education, I don't necessarily always mean college. College is great. But shoot, I just put my car in a shop and it cost me six hundred and some dollars. Somebody was making money off of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the auto mechanic, the construction person. So getting that uh, post-secondary education is extremely important. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to mean it's college. and doesn't necessarily have to mean that it's a bachelor's degree. You can get an associate's degree mm-hmm. and still go out there and make good money. Yep. But find out what your worth is. Find out what skill you have that you're good at. What's your passion? What is it that you love? Because I always say, if you're working at something that you love, it really ain't a job. Exactly. I mean, I love what I'm doing. I don't have a problem getting up in the morning and going to work. And I could work a few days remotely, and I I don't because I like being around the students. I like being there. And so I get up every morning, put my clothes on, and head on to work. Whereas others might want to do the remote, and that works for you, great. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening a lot in society now, whereas individuals are working remote. So that might even help in regards to you maybe not having to worry about having a babysitter because you might be able to work remotely and still watch your children at the same time. Mm-hmm. So society is changing. Yes, definitely. And, and we'll see how that all works out in the future. And I think last point, and then after that we'll get to my my parents' corner segment, we'll close. How many of those is important? Because especially for uh, regular parents and married parents, like, you just sometimes you just need a break. You just want to have a date night and having a village to have somebody watch the kids or go on vacation. If you don't have that, like you'll be stressed and I feel like you'll start to resent the kids. Like I don't regret having them, but I wish I would have had them at a later time because I never have time for myself. I right. never have any help or it's just always just go, 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 go. But I don't yeah. even have a time for a second for myself and kids don't understand that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta find those individuals that you trust that can watch your kids for you so that you can just get a break because it's stressful, you know, changing diapers, little smelly diapers and they y'all crying at night and we got to go. I mean, I can remember when I think it was you and you know, you eventually came home and I had to get up and change your diaper and the one to rock you to sleep. And I go to work bags under my eyes, but Hey, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Now look at you, a knucklehead. <laughs> no, <Nah>, that's you. <laughs> that's you. <laughs> Big old knucklehead. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's worth it. And like you said, the objective of parenting is trying to help your kids get to a point where they can do better than you. Mm-hmm. So you can look back and say, hey, listen, you know, it was all worth it because now you're out there, you're doing your thing. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that you got to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean you got to be making tons of money, but you're out there supporting yourself, doing the things that you want to do. And that's what it's all about. That's what parents are trying to do, help their kids to become a success in society. And that kid should define what success is. You should not let society define what success is. Mm, that's a good point. 
That's definitely a good point. All right, let's transition. Um, let's start off with this. Dad draft. What? Dad draft. Round one through seven. What round and pick would you be drafted? What I, what round and pick would I be drafted? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a number one pick, baby. <laughs> I'm a number one pick. Matter of fact, everybody wants me. <laughs> everybody wants me. Shoot. I'm everybody's dad. I remember one time I was talking to some students, and I was just telling them the things that I did for y'all, mm-hmm. and they said, man, I wish I had a dad like that. I'm like, yeah, but look, even if you didn't have a dad like that, you're here. You're doing what you need to do. You're doing well academically. Keep it moving. I mean, sometimes we we harbor on the things we don't have instead of looking at the things that we have. I mean, maybe you didn't have a dad or maybe maybe life for you wasn't the way it should have been. But, hey, if you're out there grinding, you're out there making it, you are a role model. Because you overcame some of the odds that other people could not overcome. Mm-hmm. And so the, do not harbor on that negative stuff. Harbor on where you are now, what you're trying to do, where you're planning on going. Harbor on the success that you are having in your life. And, and you'll go far. Because I think sometimes we harbor on the negative as compared to looking at where we are, those positive things. Um, how do you view yourself as a father? Um, I think I was okay. Could there have been some things that were better, even though I was a number one, even though I'm a number one pick? Oh, yeah. You always look back and you say, you know, I could have probably been better at that. But, you know, overall, the objective was to help my kids to um, become better, Mm -hmm. help them so that they can become men in society, that they can um, do those things, that they can eventually support themselves, support their families. And they can live a life that is acceptable not only to them, but also to God. What do you think you could have done better at? Probably not be as hard on y'all. We were hard on y'all. Yeah, y'all was. We were hard. <laughs> felt like I was in an Asian household sometimes. Like, I was like, dang. Like. We were hard. <laughs> and sometimes I think we were hard on you. Maybe we probably could have softened up a little bit. But then again, we weren't as hard on you as we were on Joshua because Joshua was the one that was – you tell Joshua, don't touch something, and here he <laughs> goes. <laughs> he touching it and then looking at you. His little hard-headed self. <laughs> but, you know, probably having a little grace on y'all, understanding y'all were kids. But, yeah, but still, even if as hard as we were on y'all, y'all still turned out all right. Yeah. Yeah, we still turned out all right. Yeah. Um, yep. Still knucklehead, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know it's been a minute, been a while, because, you know, you've been parenting for a long time. But you, you got to remember a funny dad story? A funny dad story? Yeah. Or a funny parenting story? No, man. That's, Listen, I, I tried. That's, I, I that's 30-some years ago. Yeah, yeah I tried. <laughs> um, <laughs> funny parent story. Uh, give uh, some parents some advice. Oh, hold on. Let's go. Funny dad story. Yeah, I got one. It was Christmas when we were living in Willingboro, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, mom's the, the smart one in the family, even though I got the education. Because, you know, she can sit down there and she can look at directions mm-hmm. and she can figure it out. So we bought y'all the basketball court. Okay, I Remember mean, the yeah. basketball court? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at these directions and I'm like, 
bruh, this don't even, this, <laughs> I don't even understand what they trying. And, you know, mom, she's, you know, that's her personality. She takes everything. She puts, okay, I'll put all the screws in one pile, all the nuts in another pile. I mean, that's how she does it. And so, you know, because we told y'all, don't come out the room because we sitting there mm-hmm. putting this basketball court together. After a while, mom's putting it all together. Bro, getting sleepy. <laughs> I'm getting sleepy. Next thing you know, I'm asleep. Mom's still putting it together. Mm. When I wake up, basketball court is done. <laughs> basketball court is done. I'm like, hey. That's what I would say I, I got to try to do because I know you're not a handyman. And you pass that on to me. So I, I want to try to at least be able to put some things together. Yeah, but now they got YouTube. Yeah, this woman, these women in these generation, they require that. Hey, they, they definitely, they, they definitely require that. I remember that a lot of times in Willingboro, it'd be Christmas, and y'all be like, don't come out. That's right. all the toys. But I also appreciated that y'all let us know out of early on, it's not Santa, it's us. Yeah, man. Because a lot of people be like, it's Santa. Nah, it's not Santa. I want you to know, this is our hard work that we, this is us doing this. Like, it's not, Santa it, yeah, isn't real. I can't give nobody else that credit. <laughs> I, worked, I worked hard paying, you know, working extra jobs. I was teaching, doing extra part-time work so I could pay for your little Christmas gifts. I ain't giving nobody else no, <laughs> no glory for that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I don't think so. Not in this world. Um... <laughs> Give some parents some advice, and after that, we'll wrap it up. All right. Um, understand parenting is not going to be easy. Um, give yourself some time. You know, you want to find, we talked about the village. You want to find those individuals that you can trust that can maybe watch your kids. Either it's uh, neighbors, friends of yours, family relatives, because that's one of the things we did. You know, um, Aunt Leslie would bring the kids up to our house Mm -hmm. and then we would take our kid down to their house and that would give us a week that would give us a break Mm -hmm. you know and so you want to find that understand that your kids aren't perfect and so yes sometimes you got to discipline them and sometimes you just got to find it's not always using the belt sometimes you got to find other types of discipline you know like for example what are the things that they like Okay, so the discipline, the discipline could be I'm taking that away from you for a certain amount of time. If it's your phone, guess what? Now you don't have your phone for a week because you're disobeying. And so you want to make sure that you have some discipline, because if children don't understand that there are um, barriers and barometers to um, their consequences, then as they get older, they think they can still get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, now they in jail mm-hmm. because you didn't provide any discipline for them and help them to understand that, yes, there are consequences to your actions. Definitely, definitely. Um, as always, appreciate you getting on. Hey, listen, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. You know, I'm I beginning to think the people didn't like me nah. anymore. <laughs> um, you already know y'all can follow me, man. Um, Instagram, Baby Daddy Chronicles Pod. Uh, Twitter, Baby Daddy Cron. Uh, Facebook. Baby Daddy Chronicles. If you want to start a podcast, www.theaverageshowmedia.com. You hear, you hear how we sound. The price is the price. I'm not going off the price, but I'm going to get you right in no. pristine, as you already know. This is an Average Joe Media production. Yeah, because if you want quality, quality costs money. Exactly. People think quality, like, nah, quality costs money. You want you want cheap stuff? Don't come here. Exactly. I taught my sons to do quality. Quality costs money, and y'all be asking for demands out the woo 
So yeah, mm-mm. Nah, we, we ain't we ain't we ain't having that. You gotta have limits. I ain't I ain't I ain't debating the price with you either. Nope. That means you ain't for me. Yep, go somewhere else. Exactly. Um, but I love y'all, appreciate y'all, man. I'll see y'all next week. It's your future favorite baby daddy signing off, man. Peace. As a father, yes, I feel like I'm somebody My life is my kid, so I tell about it And I swear it's all about that Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy Baby daddy, I ain't a baby daddy Baby daddy, crazy daddy.